Let us go to the words of God from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 15, 21 through 28. From there, Jesus went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from those territories came out and shouted, Show me mercy, son of David. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. But he didn't respond to her at all. His disciples came and urged him, send her away. She keeps shouting out after us. Jesus replied, I've been sent only to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He replied, it is not good to take the children's bread and toss it to dogs. She said, yes, Lord, but even dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table. Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then, her daughter was healed. This is word of God for us, the beautiful and beloved people of God. Thanks be to God. In all transparency, I don't love this passage of scripture. (laughs) Is it okay for us to not love some scripture, to be a little uncomfortable by scripture sometimes? I hope so. When Pastor Jasmine suggested I preach on this for this week, I I was like, really? (laughs) Could you give me another passage, please? (laughs) I said, maybe I could pick something a little easier. But then it came up in one of my classes. And then a friend mentioned it later in a conversation that week. And then I had a dream. And you know, when God speaks to you in dreams, you better listen. So I was like, here we are. You see, I don't love this passage of scripture because it messes with my Jesus. That Jesus over there in the glass window, that divine Jesus, that perfect Jesus, that Jesus painted to a T, that Jesus who teaches us to always love our neighbors, that Jesus, I don't see that Jesus, or I struggle to see that Jesus very plainly here. Do you? The Jesus that I know over there would never call a woman a dog, especially a woman with a demon-possessed daughter, right? Yet he does, doesn't he? What do we make of that? What do we make of that? Some pastors and preachers I've heard preach on this text, they'll, uh, reluctantly as well, I might add, but they go straight to this message of humility. That Jesus did nothing wrong, he was testing her faith, the woman needed to humble herself before Christ in order to receive grace. 100% divine Jesus Without acknowledging, though, that we also believe, right, Jesus is 100% human. 
To talk in theological terms, we call this the hypostatic union. That humanity and divinity of Jesus are in one essence. They're inseparable. You cannot 100% divine, 100% human. Yet I think at times, in human words, it is hard to see in the scriptures all the time. We just get glimpses in different degrees of Jesus' divinity. And then there's Jesus' humanity. To go straight to a blameless Jesus in these passages, I think, neglects the experience of the woman. The disciples try to silence her to get her, to get Jesus to make her stop talking, to stop begging, but she keeps on shouting, shouting until Jesus comes over and he talks to her. Even then, he gives her an answer. I've been sent only to the lost sheep, the Israelites, and so she kneels. She kneels. Kneeling because she knows maybe she's an outsider. She's a Canaanite. She's not an Israelite. And she says, Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy. Lord, help me. And again, he is dismissive, right? Even more rudely, he says, it is not good for children's, to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. To which she responds, even the dogs eat the crumbs of the table. Humble herself, pastors say. Showed her faith, Christ adds. She didn't really say anything particularly faithful, right? Humility. I'm not so sure I'd call it that. The faith that Christ acknowledges there at the end of the scripture must have been her faithful persistence, her respectful persistence. I do think Christ teaches a lesson here, but rather than Christ teaching this woman directly, as he so often does, that this is what faith is, X, Y, and Z, you do it, you have faith, He offers an opening for this child of God to self-advocate, to learn love for herself, for herself. Maybe this was his plan all along, to quote theologian Sharon Ring as Jesus was caught with his compassion down, his humanity showing a little bit more than his divinity, The woman steps forward in an act of self-love. What is the best way to learn love of self than when we have no other choice? You see, like this story, like so many passages of scripture, life is messy, isn't it? It doesn't always flow the way we want it to, in the fashion we want it to. The heroes we want are not always the heroes we get. Yet the divine was made human so that humans could become a little more divine. This sermon series, we've looked at loving first, loving God, loving neighbor, loving world, loving creation, this ability to transform humanity and our planet through acts of justice, mercy, mercy, and compassion. And today we consider what we do when that gets a little fuzzy. 
when that gets hard to see, when that gets hard to do, sometimes what we need is to remember this lesson of Christ, maybe, and the Canaanite woman. As the world appears to have abandoned you, step forward and remember the importance of loving self. Loving self, I'm not talking here in the narcissistic kind of way, you know, a vain self-loving of personal achievements and appearances in a way that is driven by ego and greed and accomplishments, but in a way that just seeks sustenance, that seeks health, that seeks living and life. So many people in our world today are in need of this kind of self-love. So many people in this pews, I'd imagine. So many people on this platform, I'd imagine. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, namely one in five adults and close to one in five teens suffer from mental health issues of some kind. That number almost doubles when you look at LGBTQ individuals. Also above the statistical norms are rates of anxiety and depression in indigenous people and multi-ethnic and biracial people. I wonder why that is. Could it be that they don't exactly fit in the boxes we like to put people in? And these numbers have risen significantly as you'd expect over the last 20 years and in COVID times especially. Yet so many people still say they have trouble talking about mental health of saying, I'm not okay, and not taking these thoughts seriously can have devastating outcomes, right? Did you know that suicide is the second leading cause of death in individuals in the United States between ages 10 and 34? Tenth, if you look at the entire population. And the overall suicide rate has increased 31% since 2001. Why is that? Why is that? Could it be that we don't talk enough about self-care and about love of self? The ability to stand up and say, I am worthy of life. I, like the Canaanite woman, deserve more. Lord, in your mercy. Sometimes I think self-love is the most important kind of love for this reason. You may be like, wait, hold up. What about loving God and loving neighbor? These are Jesus' greatest and most important commandments. And yes, I know, I know, but hear me out. What is the most proximal image of God we have? What is the closest we come to seeing and experiencing the divine? Is it not your face in the mirror? Is it not your face in the mirror and your words of affirmation for yourself and others? God created humanity in God's own image. God created them in the divine image. Male and female, God created them and saw they were good. So good. When we start to love ourselves, we start to love our creator as well, you see. No one says, I love that art, but hate that artist, especially when it's a self-portrait. 
No, you are made in the imago Dei, the image of God, and deserve to exist, to have life and life abundant purely because of that fact. It says it there right in Genesis. I like to imagine for a second that the Canaanite woman knew this. I like to imagine that Christ also knew this about the, also knew that the Canaanite woman knew this that she too was created in the image of God, and as Jesus ramped up the pressure on her, using those words of the empire, those labels of the world that we like to throw at people, you do not deserve this, you do not get this, she says, oh, hold up, that's not right. I know I was created in the image of God. I know I deserve more. It is also interesting that as we see ourselves as beloved and our creator as beautiful and holy, we also begin to realize how others might see the same in themselves. If I'm created in the image of God, they are also created in the image of God. If Jay is created in the image of God, then Courtney is also created in the image of God. And if I love the God in me and the God is all the same, then I'm called to love the God in Courtney, too. It is the love of self, I believe, that often inspires the love of God, which inspires the love of neighbor, world, and creation. See how all these things are connected? There's a famous Atlanta drag queen Yes, I know I'm talking about a drag queen from the pulpit, but Ru Paul Charles, Mother Ru, as some like to say, has a phrase he repeats often. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you supposed to love anybody else? When the Canaanite takes initiative to, in our story to encounter Jesus, she shows us what faith really is all about. Trusting you are a child of the Most High God and are worthy of love, are worthy of life, are worthy of all healings and blessings. Sometimes you can ask for mercy and other times you need to sit, stand, or kneel and demand it. Belief in God joined with belief in self leads to a better tomorrow. Protests during the civil rights movement and Black Lives Matter movement are perfect illustrations of this kind of self-love. Rosa Parks staying seated on that front of that bus. It is written she was not planning to protest that day. She was just tired. And she knew she deserved that seat. So she sat in it. Colin Kaepernick kneels like the woman in our story kneels. And people are furious. But he knew kneeling was an act of self-respect that could lead to change. In her commentary on this passage, Leticia Guardiola Saez powerfully articulates that the Canaanite woman is a dispossessed woman who has awoken to her position as oppressed and is now coming to confront the empire and demand her right to be treated as a human. She knows her God. She knew Jesus. 
and she loves herself, so she persists. With boldness and courage, she comes over and over and over again to be known. I deserve love. Now, what would that look like for you all today? How could you practice this kind of self-love of the Canaanite woman? Maybe it's as you flip through channels or flip through magazines or scroll through Instagram and TikTok and you see these accepted ideas of what society constitutes as beauty. Men with beefy biceps and six-packs and women with long, straight hair and thin waists. How do you stand up and say, I deserve love too in the body that I am in? I deserve love just the way I am. Maybe it's taking a selfie. Maybe it's posting that selfie. Maybe it's captioning it, Imago Dei, image of God. I don't need to compare myself to others. I don't need to worry about others' opinions as much. I am worthy just because I am, and that is who God made me to be take up space in spaces that have neglected people who look and think like you. Because you know the gospel. You know the Canaanite woman. You know Jesus (laughs) taught you that self-love is part of faith. Self-love is part of faith. Woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. Maybe as we get back to more and more physical meetings and in-person activities, instead of shrinking over in the corner, crossing our arms and legs, trying to make ourselves as small as possible, we open up. We assume that Wonder Woman pose in more spaces. Social psychologist Amy Cuddy has actually done the research and studied the science intentionally adjusting your posture has a drastic impact on one's self-confidence and self-love. You know the phrase, fake it until you make it? Well, she says, fake it until you become it. Because as you claim space like the Canaanite woman, claiming that space until it is given to you, it will do wonders, because then you will actually have that space. Or maybe in this world of perfectionists, And this insistence on overproduction in the United States, you practice defiant rest. You allow yourself to say no, to take breaks, to take naps, to make mistakes even. Be easy on yourself. Feel all of those feelings. I imagine the Canaanite woman felt some feelings. Feel the pain, feel the joy, process fears in community, and treat yourself. Do an activity you love. Get a special coffee you deserve one day, or maybe a pedicure. Remembering love of self is one way to love God and take steps toward loving neighbors, world, and creation. Add that affirmation to your mirror. Say, I am beautiful. Repeat after me, I am beautiful. I deserve love. 
I, like the Canaanite woman, believe the first step in faith is often love of self. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.